and welcome to the Declassified Cheat Codes podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. I am one of your hosts, Josiah, from Caterpillar Mom Plays. And I'm your other host, Hillhouse, from Good Games, Good Vibes. And we are here to bring you part two of this ridiculously long episode that I caused. Dropping the part um, deuce. (laughs) Before I talk about all the games that I continuously played, um, I do have one quick question for you. So I found a bag of Jelly Belly uh, jelly beans. Uh Uh-huh. And it says it expired September 28th, 2018. Uh Uh-huh. So that's two years and almost a month old. I looked up, can yep. jelly bellies expire? It says they last for one to two years beyond the date printed on the package. So it, it's over two years. Should I risk it? It's over two I, years by like less than a month. I say YOLO, bro. Okay. YOLO. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? You hold on to both sides I, of the toilet, beg God to take your life. Maybe. I mean, I feel like they would just be stale. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you could just taste that they're like dry. I think if anything, they would just dry out, right? Because it says the main issue is storing them. So oh, you might get like... dried out. Yeah. <laughs> sure, give it a try. Let me know how it okay. happens. Okay. So. Hey, before you um, do, bro, I just want you to know it's uh, that this has been a pleasure been and an, an honor. honor. <laughs> Okay. Before before Jelly Belly's revenge takes you. <laughs> no, you should be fine, dude. Honestly, I think uh, stuff like jelly beans, uh, much like Twinkies and the cockroach, are uh, have a long shelf life. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> your your cockroaches have the longest shelf life, depending on your shelf. True. But, um, True. <laughs> So uh, without further ado, let me jump into the games that I did not mention last week. And uh, here's more games that I um, shamefully played to get to 20,000 gamer need, score in 19 some, days. We need some music for this that says like, you know, I am the sweat, something like that. Because <laughs> I don't know anybody who has played this many fucking games in 19 days. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm telling you, people. This, I mean, I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the list, and I'm going to tell you something else. He's probably forgot a few. He's probably forgot to put a few on here. This guy sweated the shit out of his Xbox and PC. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so the, the first game that I want to talk about is King's Quest. And King's Quest is much like... It's an episodic game. It's much like Life is Strange. Um, what's another game like that? Like the Telltale games... Yes. Where they give you the first game free, and then they hope that you buy the rest of the episodes. Um, so it's like digital crack. Yeah, basically. Um, but unlike Life is Strange and Telltale, they for some reason put almost all of the gamer score in the first episode. <laughs> oh, wow. So this was on a lot of lists of people say that you need to play this because it's for free, and it's like got a lot of gamer score in it. Now, I didn't actually finish this one, but I will finish it. This is actually... A very enjoyable game. I enjoyed its art style. I know King's Quest is a long-running series, so this is a little bit different to that genre, but there's really good humor in it. There's really good voice acting in it. Um, To tell you the truth, I meant to look this up, but I think I recognized some of the voices. Let me look it up real quick. Um, Yes, Christopher Lloyd is one of the voices. He's the narrator. Ah, and that's ah. that's a really quality voice to have on that. And there's yeah, um, a lot of recognizable voices in it. And I was very impressed by the voice cast for this. It really carried the story very well. Um it it was just it was just really good. There's some really good voice acting in it and um really funny stuff going on throughout the game. It's really good humor it's um I, I don't really know what to say besides the fact that it's it's just a fun game and I was really impressed by it. It it actually looks really good too. Um it's got a kind of cell shaded style going on and it's just 
it's very impressive for what it is. And I'm very impressed with the team that put it together because I know it's not the biggest company that worked on this game. Um, so I, I highly recommend King, King's Quest. It's it's a really impressive game, especially for free for the first episode. So, I mean, I, I don't know. If I really like it, I might end up buying the rest of the episodes. But um, oh, it's, cool. it's a pretty impressive game. And uh, I I don't know. Well, maybe it's because I was playing so many crap games that this game was like, <laughs> you know, it was like a feet taller than everything else I played. So it was it was a really good game. and I really enjoyed it. Um, okay. speaking of enjoying games, I played slay away camp butcher's cut. This game is free with gold for this month. And this game is really fun. It's a puzzle based game where you have to choose the correct routes to kill people because it's kind of, it's hard to describe, but when you move on the map, you move all the way to the other side. So you have to make sure you plan your path accordingly because there's usually like only one solution to some of these puzzles and it's just a fun game it had fun humor um it had good animations i thought it was really um interesting how it poked fun at like old video rental stores it kind of has some vibes there it's it's a fun game i think it's really worth downloading especially for free with gold i know a lot of people probably have already played this game but uh if you haven't like me, it was actually pretty cool. Uh, not easy gamer score, but I mean, it's still a fun game. I still had fun playing it. A uh, game with easy gamer score, though, was Blind Men, which sounds like a really boring, horrible game. Uh, it was a uh, visual novel that you could beat in, I think, 12 minutes. <laughs> um, it's it's not the worst visual novel I played. I do enjoy these visual novels where the different choices have different outcomes. I do at least like that type of input because then it's like a choose your own adventure book. And that makes sense. I do understand how some people will think that this is not a game <laughs> because it's more like a book, but I mean, gamer score is gamer score. And at the end of yeah. the day, that's all I did. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not, it's not, it's by all no means is it uh, a great game, but it is not the worst game. It's not a winter's dream, which was just pressing A the entire time throughout the game. So this yeah. game actually has tons of endings. I think it has six different endings. And to get to those six different endings, you have to choose all these different dialogue choices. But at the end of the day, it's still very short. Uh, there's not many choices to be made. So the branches don't get that wide. So, um, yeah, so it was an easy game. The next one was also a pretty easy game. It was called Syrup in the Ultimate Suite. Uh, this game was is probably would turn off a lot of gamers um, if you're not into this style of anime. <laughs> it is very uh, cutesy style, and its dialogue is very over the top. Um, it's, once again, a visual novel, and it uh, it's a bunch of dialogue choices, so I'm not proud of that one either. Uh, the next one is Bird Game Plus. <laughs> um, Bird Game Plus actually was a decently difficult game that I did not complete. Uh, Bird Game Plus does have some easy gamer score in it, but its style is so jarring. It's uh, very hard to focus on. It's basically you play as a bird that is drawn with lines and you're flying through an area of other lines. And it's just really difficult to focus on basically um there should be some seizure warnings on this game because it is a it's a pain to visually focus on at least for me maybe some other people wouldn't have trouble but this game was kind of difficult to play after a while um there's some things that require really fast motion and depth perception is very hard with this game with no shadows uh basically you have to be dodging things but without any sense of distance from you know, a 3D perspective since nothing is 3D. It's a, uh, it's pretty uh, difficult sometimes. Um, I'm not going to say it's an easy game by any means. I think it's probably pretty easy to complete compared to other games. But I mean, as far as just jumping in and trying to have a good time, it's not a game for that. Um, it's it, just the animation is really hard to adjust to the fact that there's no depth perception. That's all I'm saying. Um, so yeah, that was a difficult game, but I still tried it. Uh, it's probably got about 800 gamer score from it, but um, yeah, that one was not the easiest one. Next one is another freaking visual novel. I think it's pronounced Jesse. Um, 
This one was also interesting in the sense that it had a lot of choices. Now, I will say, let me try to find the other one. Did I even list it? This is the one. This is the one that I liked. I don't think there's another one I liked. This is the only visual novel that I really enjoyed in the sense that it was like a murder mystery kind of. And you could get a ton of different outcomes by if you chose the wrong murderer and stuff. If you did the wrong choices or you saw the wrong things. This one actually kind of intrigued me because certain things couldn't be done if you did other things. And this one was actually kind of entertaining. Maybe that's why it was one of the more expensive titles in the visual novel genre. Um, But I thought this one was actually pretty entertaining. I do recommend Jesse. It's spelled J-E-S-E-I. It was actually decent compared to those other ones. Um, Those other ones, if you just are going for gamer score, then whatever. But this, this one was actually decent in the sense that I actually probably would have played it even if it didn't have gamer score. <laughs> like, it is actually a decent game. Uh, so, yeah, that one was okay. Uh, the next game that I played was Sagebrush. And this one was actually very interesting. I thought it was going to be a walk through the park as far as how easy it was. Now, not to say that it isn't easy, but uh, it's actually got a really compelling story. The story is based around the fact that you are a person that shows up at a compound that used to have a cult at it, and you have to uncover mysteries of what happened to the cult by finding letters, finding keys to open doors, um, basically looking around the grounds and the um, area to kind of figure out what happened to this cult. And there's a twist at the end that I didn't see coming that was pretty cool. The ending is great, this game. Um, sadly, the animation is not... It's, it's, I wish it was like 30% better. It's not terrible. Like you can like this style of animation, but I think it's just kind of old school animation enough and simple enough that it's going to turn off some people and take them out of the element of the game. I think if it was like 30% better animation for the game, it would be like on everyone's, you know, like best indie game title list. It's already on a bunch of lists, but I think it would be even more highly regarded if it had just a little bit better animation. But besides that, yeah. it was pretty uh it's pretty intense at times. There's some intense moments on it. There's like freaking uh ghosts and stuff that you didn't expect and things. So like I'm not gonna spoil it too much, but like you get some visions sometimes that like you don't know if they're real or not. And it's it's pretty weird. Uh it's a cool game though. I do recommend it. It's not too expensive. Um Sagebrush was an easy completion and uh I, it, it was. It's one of the best games that I've seen from that developer. So, pretty good. Uh, the next game was called Airy, and this game. Oh my gosh! I played so many damn bird games. I'm trying to remember which one this was. I played Feather three weeks ago, and then I played the bird game. This one's Airy. Airy's <laughs> problem is also visuals. Um, so Airy's problem is they have the wrong color filters on it. You're trying to, you are a white bird flying around an area that is primarily white or washed out colors. And you're trying to find feathers that are completely white. There are some levels where it is borderline impossible to see these damn feathers. So I completed the game. It was not as easy as it would have been if I would have somehow been able to adjust the colors of the game. But the game is so highly exposed. It's like someone put a floodlight on the game that you can barely see your own bird that you're flying. And when you're going around the area, it's really hard to like notice where walls are. And if you hit any wall in the game, it takes you back to the beginning of the game. So you have to like make sure you don't hit things while the whole map is overexposed. So everything's bleeding into your character. It's it's ridiculously it's ridiculously like not tested. And I don't understand that. Like the game is not bad to any extent. It's just they didn't get their colors right. And I don't know why they chose that. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just one bad decision of like whoever decided the colors of the scene like fucked up the whole game. It's it's not a bad game. The music is top notch. I love the music. The music's really cool. It's really chill. And it'd be great if uh you didn't die the second you hit something. Because in comparison to a game that felt very similar, like Feather. Feather has better animation of the birds, 
Uh, Feather, when you hit an object, it makes you have the ability to rewind a little bit to not hit the object. Feather is just overall way more chill than this game. This game is like similar, but just like everything that Feather was good at, this game is worse at. So, um, yeah, I don't recommend Aerie. Uh, Aerie was quite disappointing. It's probably the, well, it's not the worst bird game that I played. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the worst bird game that I played, but it's not the best. So if you have to play a bird game, play Feather. Feather's brand new. It came out last month. It's it's a really fun time. I like that game. Um, So the next game I played was another terrible game. It was called Rememoried. Rememoried is a walking simulator, and it is the worst walking simulator I've ever played. Uh, Rememoried is completely obnoxiously boring. Uh, There's no way to know what you're doing. Uh, It has platforming in a game that has really bad controls. Um, It constantly takes you back to a hub. If it's supposed to make you... I mean, it feels like a horror art film in game form. If it's supposed to make you feel nauseated and make you feel that you have no idea what's going on, then it succeeds at that. So if that is what they're trying to convey, uh, cool. Because I think that the story is about how you lost your memory and it's supposed to be about how you reconstruct memories and how difficult it is. So it's like an allegory on memory loss, maybe. Um, But that being said, it doesn't make it a good game. So if it's a great art piece, it's not a great like game to play. Um, so I, I don't know why this game is, uh, is so expensive. If you look in the, the Xbox store, it is not the cheapest game out on the store, but it has got zero content in it. It is, it is just, it's just an acid trip. So like, if that's your thing, then cool. There's like a bunch of things floating around and it's like a two tone color palette then cool. But I mean, it is the most obnoxious walking simulator I have ever played. Um, The reason I have a full gamer score on it, though, is because um, you can get all the achievements by holding left on the D-pad and hitting the left bumper. It will skip through every single chapter and give you every achievement in the game. That is the only reason I have any gamer score for this game, because besides that, I did try to play through the game. I I read that you could beat the game in 20 minutes, that it was short. And uh, it's just nauseating. It is such a horrible experience. And when I would get really tired of a level, I'd be like, well, let me just skip forward a level and see if the next level like captures me. And it would just be the same shit. And it just was over and over. And it's just, it's just a boring game. Um, it's, it's not great. So it, it does hold the record for fastest completion. I think it's not the least effort because it takes two buttons. Winter's dream takes one button, but this game can be beat. in I think two minutes, tops if you just hold the left bumper and the the left d-pad um so i think it's the fastest that you can get but it is it is nauseating as a game if you choose to play it so do not recommend rememoried if you see it on sale for a dollar cool uh but it is it is rough it is a rough game Uh, The next game that I tried to play to get some easy gamer score was Roblox, which I am also not proud of. Uh, This game is a cancer and uh, it is really, really nauseating to play. Um, I like the idea of Roblox. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, The ability to create levels and post them is fine. Uh, The fact that it feels like the YouTube kids section in a video game format is pretty nauseating. Um, (laughs) It's it's really rough. There's some easy achievements, yeah. though. There's achievements for just playing 15 games, so I just jumped in games and backed out, uh, may, which is good because my ga- my console could barely load some of these levels that people had created because they were so ridiculously complex. Um, there's, there's achievements for like liking five different games and stuff. There's some easy stuff. Now, there are some really hard achievements in the game in the sense that there's ones where you have to log in every day for like, I don't know, 30 days. And um, I don't know if I can ever remember to boot up this game for 30 days in a row. (laughs) So I don't know if I'm ever going to get 100% on this game, but I'm only missing the login achievements. The login achievements are, I think, eight days, three days, 10 days, and 30 days or something. Um, But yeah, Roblox, not a not a great time. I understand why people like it. I think it's the idea of it. And I think it's mainly the fact that it's free. 
But uh, boy, is there a paywall? Um, I was immediately seeing things that were trying to make me buy Roblox currency. Like it was really quick. And I was like, I thought this game was like trying to be a little bit more shady about its in-app purchases. <laughs> it's uh, pretty in your face immediately that they want you to buy premium currency in that game. So uh, very surprised by Roblox in the sense that, I mean... I guess I'm not. It's kind of what I expected, but at the same time, I was just like, is this really what people like get excited about? I know like no one under the no one over the age of twelve gets excited about Roblox, but I mean Yeah. There you go. Okay, anyway, <laughs> next game that I played was Can Androids Prey Blue. And this game was actually an interesting idea for a game, but it is extremely short. This game is like five minutes long. Uh, but at the surface of the actual game, I actually liked it. The game is a visual novel where you choose choices by two different pilots of some mechs. So you're two mechs sitting on a planet that is like destroyed and you're having dialogue. And one of them is having an existential crisis about if God is real. And I like this concept of a game. It's a really cool concept. It's just too short. Um, it's a... It's pretty cool um, style. I like the lack of audio. It makes it feel really desolate. There's like no music in the background when you're having this dialogue. It makes you feel very alone. And it makes you feel like maybe these characters have been sitting here for like days, like basically wondering like what's going to happen now. And uh, it's some really big existential questions come up if you choose the dialogue right. And uh, I think it's a really cool concept for a game. I would see a film about this. I would watch like a two-hour film about two characters dying in some mech suits, wondering if God's real. I would watch that. That sounds like a great idea. But the fact that this game is only five minutes long is just disappointing. Um, I do think it's a good game. If you ever have the opportunity to play it for free, it's fine. It's a fine game. Uh, but it's... The, the the idea of paying for a game that just lasts five minutes is is pretty rough. It's an easy gamer score, but um, I, I just don't think there's enough content in the game. I want to like the game. The game's good for what it is, but it's not good for its price tag. Um, but yeah, that's a cool game. Can Androids Pray Blue is the name of it. Uh, the next game that I played, uh, I just played it for a second because I was look, browsing through the free section. So it's really interesting. Um if you haven't noticed this, if you haven't been to the free section in the Xbox store in a while, Xbox has been remastering, well, not remastering, but they've been porting 360 games to the Xbox One that they can't technically sell. So they're porting them for free. I don't know what the ambition is for it, but it's really cool. They ported both Doritos partnership games. Back in the 360 day, Doritos partnered with Microsoft had made some party games and one of them is called Doritos Crash Course. And it's like basically, um, what's that game called? It's called Wipeout or something. You're basically running through a, a jumping type, um, platforming, swinging through things, you know. And uh, it's a game like that and it's a fine yeah. game and it's well made, but they can't sell it because of the Doritos license. So it's free. And I think that's really cool that Microsoft did that. In addition to that, I talked about way back on another episode about this game called Too Human, where yeah. they basically were trying to steal um, Epic's <laughs> Unreal Engine. They claimed that they didn't use Epic's Unreal Engine, but when you looked into the code, it was exactly the Unreal Engine that they weren't paying for. And then they went to court over it and stuff, and it ended up being that they couldn't sell the game anymore. Well, for some reason, Microsoft ported it to the Xbox One and the backwards compatibility, and it's free there too. So if you go into the free section of the Xbox store, there's some interesting 360 games that can't be technically sold. So it's really funny. I think it's cool that they're making them free so that you know they don't get lost to time. But uh, yeah, there's some funny games on there. The Doritos games are really fun, so I do recommend them. I just checked them out for a second because I hadn't played them before. But uh, yeah, Doritos Crash Course is in there for free, and it's it's a fun party game. Like, there's nothing wrong with that game. It's just they can't technically sell it since it was like a limited Doritos promotion. Obviously, it's probably run up its you know time. Um, 
The next game, I'm getting to the end, I swear, uh, is called Nippon Marathon. <laughs> and Nippon Marathon, I did not play much of. It is ridiculously frustrating. It is hilarious to look at videos of it. Um, I do want to play it more. It's I just need to be in a better mood to play this game. I wasn't in the right mindset to play a Nippon Marathon. And it's really hard to describe this game um, without just visualizing it. You need to look up a trailer to Nippon Marathon and uh, that will tell you everything you need to know. This, there's no way that I can explain this game. <laughs> I'm looking at it right um, now. The next game that I, <laughs> the next game that I played was Attack of the Toy Tanks, and this game was okay. I didn't play it too much. It's a twin stick shooter where you pilot a tank and shoot with the right stick. Um, it's okay. Uh, it's nothing great. I got some gamer score from it. I was, I know you just do 20 levels and get everything, but um, it just wasn't capturing me. It wasn't that great. Um, But that being said, I did play a actual like quality game um, at the end of all of this madness. After I got my 20,000 gamer score, I played a Plague Tale Innocence and I started playing it from the first level. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm very far into the game, but... So far, it's a really well-made game, and I really am oh, enjoying yes. it. It's a game I've seen. I've seen gameplay game of it. It's amazing looking. Yeah, I will have to say the beginning of the game is really hardcore, and uh, it hits you. Yeah, it hits you pretty ruthless. <laughs> I didn't expect what happened at the beginning to happen, so um, I'm currently in kind of the mess of some of the shit that's going on, but um, I do hope to pick it back up. This was just yesterday that I started playing it, but it was refreshing to play something that wasn't a visual novel or like the bottom of the barrel of Xbox. (laughs) But um, yeah, after playing uh, 30 horrible games, I decided to play one game that was like a quality title. So Um, yeah, so I mean, they're not all horrible. Um, if you go over that list, I did mention the ones that I thought were worth people's time. Um, I do, I do think that some of these games are worth your time. It's just a lot of them are just really not. I mean, check out, check out a walkthrough of Sagebrush or go download it. Sagebrush was really good. Um, Can Androids Prey Blue is good for free. Doritos Crash Course is good for already being free. You know. Uh, besides that, that's it. You know. King's Quest was really good. And Slayway Camp is with gold, and that's free. Yeah. So, I mean, I basically actually, all the games that I enjoyed uh, were free. <laughs> I'm actually downloading Feather. Um, I just checked it out, and uh, that seems like something there, like, you know, late at night after work, because sometimes I get home and I do want to veg out a little bit, but I don't want to play anything that's too involved. And that just looks like something I could just kick back with a controller and play, you know, and just have fun. Yeah, it's really... It's really zinny. Uh, you yes, can just uh, yes. fly Very around. So. As I said, you could just uh, you know put on a podcast and play that game. You know? Yeah, just yeah. keep your hands busy and your eyes busy. You know. Um, but yeah, that's that's the thirty-one games that I played, and uh, yeah, we can head on to the news since I'm done yeah. with all that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in the news, uh, one of the things that we you had actually hit on uh, in the last show um, that we just recorded, actually, is that uh, yeah. talking about Amazon uh, Luna. Um, well, right now, Amazon Luna, this is as of yesterday, um, is now in early access uh, for um, some U.S. users. Uh us-based customers basically um now it's uh on the 20th it entered uh early access like i said uh there was a small uh group of people that received invitations to test it out um and also they could even go ahead and purchase one of the uh game controllers uh, but it wasn't required 
uh, to be able to play. So, um, yeah, so they're able to, uh, apparently they're able to go through uh, Fire TV, Mac, PC, uh, uh, web apps uh, for iOS, and access Luna. Uh, so uh, it says an Android version is expected here uh, shortly. Um, they had to subscribe to Luna Plus Game Channel. Um, that comes with 50 games for $5.99 a month. Uh, um, it is, there's also a Ubisoft specific channel that's going to be involved in this. Um, mm-hmm. you don't have to purchase individual titles, like they said, because you get access to, um, um, all the games through the monthly thing. They're not going to offer Amazon is not going to offer any, uh, full games, uh, to purchase. And, um, early access players also get seven days of Luna plus for free. Um, after that, uh, they're going to start billing you monthly for the subscription, etc. cetera. Uh, so <sighs> it's in early access. Um, they're just getting started. I think these people are basically, you know, it's, it's to provide feedback. That's what it is. Uh, let us know how it going. you know, let us know what it looks like. You know, you know, what do you guys think? Does it, you know, is it seamless? Blah, 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 blah. I would be really interested to see how like, uh, several, uh, online games perform, um, with this, uh, uh, you know, if there's any kind of, uh, what the ping looks like, if there's any kind of lag, you know, that kind of thing. Cause that's where you, I think you notice the most problems is, uh, where you have a room full of fighters, you know, uh, whether it's Fortnite, call of duty, something like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes and see uh, what happens out of it. But right now, uh, Amazon Luna is in early access. So if you were invited to it uh, and you're listening to this Mm -hmm. by some slim chance, please contact us. Let us know how that went. Uh, By the way, these jelly bellies are really hard. Oh, they are? (laughs) Yeah, they taste fine, but (laughs) I mean, there's no way I can consume them. They just turn into a rock. Oh, I hear you. I guess I could just suck on them and spit them out. That's true. That's true. Like an old person. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, next thing I want to talk about, man, is um, <laughs> Amnesia Rebirth. Uh, uh, ten years after, you know, Amnesia. Uh, uh came out uh this just launched yesterday yeah yeah 2010 amnesia the dark descent came out crazy um yeah and uh it's available on all sorts of different platforms etc uh you can get it on steam uh epic game store uh sony playstation 4 etc so uh anyway uh this just launched um uh, 10 years, like I said, after the original one. Uh, supposedly, this takes place in the Algerian desert. Um, it looks... Let me see here. What is this? I don't understand the price. I'm going to have to look it up on Steam to see uh, because I'm looking on uh, uh, one of the uh, clips that I took. Uh, and it's just... I don't understand that symbol for the price. It's not pounds and it's not dollars. But... uh. <laughs> excuse me um like i said the game uh they say that it performs really good that it really looks good uh some couple mm-hmm. of videos i saw it looks like your typical uh uh scary palm sweaty kind of game uh like i said it's set in the algerian desert and uh the uh main character the protagonist is a woman named uh tassie uh trianon i want to say and uh, she is mm-hmm. to survive while combating monsters. Uh, basically, uh, um, you have limited supplies. You you kind of have to think through things, uh, etc. The trailer is, uh, you know, it's spooky. Um, it looks like a really good game. It looks like it's going to be one of those horror games that you can, you know, that I, I, I can't play because it's, you know, it's single player and I don't want to be alone. Um, so yeah, uh, basically the creature that comes after you feeds off of your fear. Um, I, I imagine that there's, uh, you're supposed to control yourself and, and, uh, uh, try to, uh, 
you know, not let this thing feed off you or find you. So it's basically a survival horror game. And, uh, uh, yeah. So it just came out 10 years after the original. Yeah. That's the game that made PewDiePie huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was a game that he played and was always screaming to that made him become a YouTuber. Exactly. Um, <laughs> go ahead, though. Oh, uh, one thing that um, uh, that I wanted to uh, talk about. You know, uh, with new Shadowlands that came out, I just talked about that a little bit, I think, uh, last uh, the last episode, um, with some of the things that are going to be changing. Uh, I said, Nvidia was adding ray tracing to shadowlands and there's been a lot of really cool things that have happened with the, um, with the level squish, the, uh, item levels, etc. It, it, it feels like the old game. You know what I mean? It feels like, it feels like the one that I started playing back in 2004, um, where the numbers make sense, uh, where it's, you know, even though everything still looks the same, it's just a, a squish and a number crunch. Well, they've added a um, an armor set. Uh, it's a transmogrification set titled the Sprite Darter Transmog Set. And it's an eight-piece set. And uh, it's based off of the Fae um, armor and with its appearance. Now, uh, it's only for transmog purposes. So it's basically, it's just for, you know, appearances. Uh, you, you there's no stats to it. Um, there's no, you know, benefit to having it other than, uh, it's, it's looks. So you have to purchase it through the store. Um, you can either buy a six month subscription and get it as a promotion or purchase it alone for $20. Well, that's not the problem. Um, there, you know, the, the, the outcry of it has been that, um, people are uh, uh, feeling negative about it because of the fact that uh, all this work uh, went into something that you have to pay for. But um, when you work really hard and go into a mythic dungeon and get a, a, a nice drop that should look beautiful on you, it doesn't look anywhere near where the the um the coloring and all that stuff of and animations to this particular armor set uh because it's it looks very well made and it looks beautifully animated and high quality and you look at a like i said a mythic plus dungeon and that that item doesn't look as good as this does so it doesn't seem like there's a balance there um it's like uh paying to look pretty is basically what it is so and, and it's a fair gripe, if you ask me, because of the fact that when you go do a mythic dungeon or you go do a mythic raid, um, those are a lot of work. And it takes a lot of planning in World of Warcraft to get those done properly without losing your entire raid, you know, without having a wipe. So it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of uh, uh, dedication because sometimes it takes months for these guilds to succeed in what it is that they're trying to do with these high, high tier raids and such. So, yeah, I think Blizzard needs to take a, a step back and look at it and, um, you know, uh, um, maybe look at some of the things that, you know, they can do this for, for those higher quality um, dungeons and raids. I, I think it's going to separate the the uh the grindy players from the casual ones um and if the casual ones feel like they want to buy that kind of cosmetic upgrade then fine let them buy it it's a great way for blizzard to make some money off of some microtransactions while also rewarding their base players that put in the effort you know what i mean so anyway yeah this one uh when i was reading about it it kind of uh it kind of pissed me off because i mean you you have the the armor set you have the eight piece set, but mm -hmm. what about weapons and mounts? You know, um, wow. You know, put out a tweet saying, Hey, look at this. Now show us what mounts or weapons you put with it. Well, there's really not anything that fits with that except for, you know, maybe the unicorn or whatever, but yeah, I, I think they need to look at it. 
then they need to say, you know, yeah, let's go ahead and do it this way. Cause I think it would be a good way to uh, reward the people who, who do the work. And, um, you know, if the people that don't do the work want to pay for it, let them pay for it. Just like I said. Uh, anyway, yeah. last piece of news I have is, uh, I think a couple episodes back, I talked about a Kickstarter for a board game, um, that was based on, uh, a video game. Well, uh, there's another Kickstarter out there, uh, for darkest dungeon and, um, they're doing their board game with figurines and, and really nice uh, 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 figurines and whatnot. Um, and this was an RPG game that was released by Red Hook Studios back in 2016. Um, it was extremely hard. You had to make tough, tough choices in the game. It was not an easy game to play. And um, it seems like they're trying to, uh, from what I've read, they're trying to actually put that kind of hard play style where you have to think about it. You have to make choices, etc., into a board game. Well, this game was funded in less than an hour. So we're looking at another um, Kickstarter campaign for a, a video game turned board game that was funded in less than an hour. Uh, its full funding goal was $300,000. Now at the time of uh, um, earlier today, they had already had 7,600 backers with over $900,000 in funding. So that's how crazy this thing has been picked up. It's triple what its funding goal was going to be. So these guys should be able to put out an extremely um, beautiful board game. And, you know, what I'm what I'm liking about this is that these, these uh, video games that are turning into board games is – this may bring this back, man. This may bring board games back. And, and to be honest with you, you know, it, it, it is kind of a shame because of Corona, you know, it's going to be hard to play board games right now, but when all this is over, dude, I would love to be able to play board games again. I miss playing good board games, you know, a good yeah. game, not the old stuff that, you know, we're bored with now, you know, uh, monopoly and that shit where they got to change it every freaking year so that you become interested in it again. These are brand new <laughs> games that they're coming out with that they may add a little bit of modern stuff to. So yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited to see what these games are going to be. But right now, darkest dungeon looks absolutely beautiful. These figurines look amazing. If these are, if this is what they're going to use, they look really, really cool, really cool addition to the game that adds a little flair to it. So, but anyway, that is what I have for the news. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was new to you. Uh, right, Amazon's man. crucible is dissolving, um, existence. Um, if you haven't heard of Amazon's crucible, uh, that's probably why it's going away. <laughs> Amazon's had trouble with this game called crucible, which, uh, never really could find a good footing and its player base was never really that large. And uh, they've basically announced that they're going to pull the plug on the project that has never really made it out of beta. And they're going to reallocate all those developers to other projects. Um, kind of disappointing because it's kind of Amazon's first really big try at making a game. And um, the well, game besides, doesn't look besides that new bad. World. Right, but New World doesn't come out yet, right? No, 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 no. Right, but this Crucible has already been in alpha and beta for a while, and it's just never caught on. So they're probably reallocating all those hours now to you know to work on that game. So I mean, I mean, it's sad if you were playing the game, but the thing is, there's not many people that even are aware of it. So it's a very small pool of people that would be disappointed by this. Um, the next thing in news that I have is that. Avengers, the game that had a one thousand, <laughs> uh, a one thousand point patch, uh, where they got rid of a thousand bugs, um, is now under a thousand active players, uh, which people are saying makes it very hard to find games now. Yeah. Uh, so this is an issue because everyone is pretty much under the impression that this game was not a games as a service game until like the last couple of months of development that it was like 
shifted. Um, so, I mean, I feel like this is kind of proving that because at some point you can't be selling a games as a service game for $60. That's ridiculous. Um, and now I think the next step to this is how pissed are fans going to be that bought this game and then it's free in a couple of months? Because I think if the player base has gotten that small, they're going to not only run sales on this game, like this game is probably going to be like $20 on Black Friday because they're going to try to get their player base back up. But um, it's probably going to be free come January, February. And that's going to piss a lot of people off <laughs> yeah, because it's a paid game. Uh, but if you're making a game that's a game as a service and you are re- banking on the idea that people are going to spend more cash within the game, uh, if you're under a thousand active players, that's bad. And yes. um, so I don't know. So I'm just saying, if you want to check out this game, it's probably going to be very cheap very soon. It's probably around Black Friday and maybe even free next year is just what I'm guessing because this is not a good sign that this game has already gone under a thousand active players. Um, I think people are just getting bored of it. And um, the only way to combat that is if it was free to make people try it that may not even know that they would like it. The thing is with that paywall, a lot of people don't even want to take the risk of not enjoying it by paying $60, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we'll we'll keep up with that story, but Avengers has been quite the story this year. Um it's got it's had constant controversies, but right now it's in trouble. So, we'll see how that plays out. Uh the next thing in news that I have is that Burger King is giving away PlayStation 5s, and uh that is what I am going to participate in just a few minutes when we're done with this podcast. Um if you make any $5 purchase on their app, um, you can be entered in to win a PlayStation 5. So Taco Bell was doing the Xbox giveaway, and now Burger King's doing a PlayStation giveaway. So um, I definitely am going to try to participate in this because I can justify buying an Xbox because I know that I will use it all the freaking time. But to justify buying a PlayStation 5, <laughs> I would have to get it for a ridiculous discount. So... um to win one would be great. So I, I, I definitely will be participating to win one. Because and how much do you have to spend on their just app? Just five bucks. Dude, you get the two for five, man. Mix and match. You're good, brah. You're good. Yeah. So two for five on the app and just do that. And you, do, you just do that. How long does this go for? <laughs> how long does this go for? I don't know. Um, I thought the Taco Bell one was very short. I thought it was only a couple of weeks. And uh, Dude, a couple of weeks, man. You could be a fat guy with a PS5, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't mean to ruin it yeah. for you. No, you're good. I'm, I mean, I'm still going to do that. Um, <laughs> so I would too. There's more PlayStation 5 news real quick. PlayStation 5 um, has um, teased its uh, new UI, and it looks awfully similar to Xbox's UI. <laughs> um, PlayStation 5 is needed a revamp because their old uh, home screen was just awful. And uh, this new one looks great. Uh, this new one is also, they're saying that the store is built in, so it's not an app. You won't have to load the store. Once again, I've talked about this on the podcast. If you have ever opened the store on a PlayStation 4, uh, you will remember the fact that you could have gone and made a drink and then come back and the store would be open. Um, the store was just horribly optimized on the PlayStation 4. Hopefully, uh, with the PlayStation 5, uh, they won't be putting up that much of a wall between you and spending cash. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the store should be easy to get to. I don't understand why you would be okay with people having difficulty getting to the ability to buy more games and give you more money. Um, but yeah, they should be making the store easier to access within the new PlayStation 5 UI, and it's 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 really needed. However, in bad news, <laughs> uh, it was released that PlayStation 5 is going to be recording your voice chats, and this makes a really bad headline. But what they wanted was that, here's the practical use of it. 
if someone is bullying you in voice chat and someone is calling you names or someone's being toxic or someone's just being really rude, you can report them and PlayStation 5 will be able to review the uh, audio and they can have proof basically of your claim rather than you just making claims on people with no proof. That's the theory of it. The problem is it's making people uncomfortable the idea that they're always being recorded. Now, you could opt in or out of the recording, but yeah. just saying that doesn't make anyone believe it. It's like turning up, saying you know, to your Alexa or Google Home, you're telling it not to listen anymore, but you know it's listening. In the same sense, you carry a phone around in your pocket and you talk about something and then you get an ad on Facebook for it. You know, yep. you know it's listening. Yep. So, to an extent, it's it's scary that PlayStation 5 is basically letting you know that they're going to be recording voice chats. But, I mean, everything else in technology is already recording your voice. And um, that's just something we live with today, as scary as that is. Um, but I guess... <sighs> I guess what's concerning is the fact that they're just openly talking about it. But the real thing is, it just means that if you're ever in a voice chat, just be a decent human. Just don't have a reason to be reported, you know? It's one of those things where you can say, man, I don't like being recorded. Uh, that's against my freedoms and stuff, and that people shouldn't do that. But I mean, if you're being a piece of shit, <laughs> maybe try not being one, you know? I'm not saying that it's good for the government to spy on you. I'm just saying that if you're so concerned about what you're doing, maybe you should be checking what you're doing. Yeah. You know, like if you're openly discussing every day in your household about where you hid some bodies the previous day, I mean, maybe you shouldn't have <laughs> murdered them in the first place. <laughs> but I mean, like, you get what I'm saying. So, like, yeah. I understand there's concerns of privacy for when you're talking about things that aren't important, you know, like when you're talking about just private matters, you know. But I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, like, it's only damning to you if it's something that's, you know, damnable. If that's that's how you say that. No, it makes <laughs> so, sense. I mean, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, if PlayStation wants their community to be healthier, um, maybe they need some underhanded slapping of a wrist where they're basically just implying that they're always watching you. Now, they'll say that they're not, but I mean, everyone's <laughs> going to think that. Yeah. But... um. And now it is interesting because I mean I'm sure PlayStation is a little bit worried because this is very similar to what happened when the Xbox One launched and everyone everyone was concerned about the Connect uh, always watching and always listening. It's a little different with a camera, but yeah. um, um, the PlayStation Five DualSense controller has a microphone built in on it. Even if you don't have a headset hooked up, it's listening to you because it's going to have an assistant hooked up into it where you can talk to the controller. So the controller is basically an Alexa or a Google home that you're walking around with. I mean, it's, it's just the lines are blurring. Everything's going to have a microphone and camera pretty soon. And yep. that's just how it is, you know? So I, I don't think that there should be that much concern with it, but I do think that it's crazy that they're telling you about it. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those things where you feel like it would have been harder to figure out that they well, had here's the ability the thing, to record it. But somebody would have figured it out and that's the thing if if these companies don't come out and say hey this is what we've got then you're looking at a huge media stink later on down the road right so yeah if they didn't tell you that they were recording voice and the way that people found out was come november 20th some guy reports someone for talking trash to him in a voice chat um, and PlayStation responds with a, oh, cool, we reviewed the audio and uh, action will be taken. And then he like tweets out, uh, PlayStation said that they reviewed the audio and then it just goes viral that PlayStation was not only reviewing audio, but they weren't telling you about it. <laughs> so yeah, that would be worse if they didn't tell you and then acted on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree with you 100%. Okay. It, I, I think it's 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 a really touchy area, man. Very much so. Way up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing in news that I have 
is that the judge in the Apple Epic case is arguing that Nintendo, Xbox, or Microsoft, and Sony all have similar marketplaces as Apple. So basically, yeah, he's bringing up the fact that everyone charges a fee for you to put, you know, for you to sell within their stores on their hardware. You know, that's not exclusive to Apple. And we've brought this up, and we thought this was the whole in the whole theory. Um, And Epic is ridiculously arguing that phones are different because um, they're not like... No, they're, they're arguing that Nintendo, Xbox, and Sony are different because consoles require um, power adapters and screens to function, and that iPhones are an all-in-one, which doesn't make sense because the Switch is an all-in-one. It has its own screen, (laughs) and it's also ignoring uh, laptops. So, yeah, it is interesting that Epic's counterpoint completely ignores the Switch and laptops existing. And um, basically, the judge is implying that if they were to get rid of the fees that... Apple was charging that he would have to get rid of the fees on all of those consoles. And this is a huge thing because now um, we really don't want Epic to win. Um, I don't think anyone would be on Epic's side of this since the judges kind of turned it on, turned it on its head because here's the thing. One of two things happens. Either the judge says that Epic is correct and that Apple should not charge those fees and that you should be able to allow yourself to charge through a backdoor system. Um, and Apple is screwed. But then what's to keep a company like, like Epic, so let's say um, Ubisoft, to on the Xbox store say, hey, download this thing so that you can pay us directly for cheaper rather than going to the Xbox store. Then what grounds would Microsoft have on Ubisoft if they just had this case where Epic won against, you know, Apple. And so even never, if the judge never, doesn't... He'll never go that way because that doesn't make any sense. I mean, because why would a company give you a free place to sell your shit? That's basically right. what it That's boils what, down to. Right. And actually, it hurts uh, consoles more than it would hurt phones. So even if Apple lost the ability to make money off of the Apple Store, which is insane. Um, They're still making a phone. People still need phones. They'd still figure out a way to make money with it, and people still buy phones. But the thing is, if you took away the revenue to Nintendo, uh, Microsoft, and Sony on their gaming hardware, they would just stop Uh making the hardware. There's no point, you know? Yeah. Um, That is their main source of revenue, is getting you to purchase games. Um, so yeah, that's the concern here. Uh, we really don't want Epic to win this anymore. Now, I, I thought it was cool that Epic was poking fun at Apple. What I really thought should have happened was I thought that there should have been some sort of, um, Epic should be going at the angle of wanting the fee reduced because it's ridiculous. The fee is really high. So, I mean, I agree with that because, um, just the amount of money that Apple is rolling in that you know that they're making off of, you know, V-Bucks and stuff. It's just insane. Um, the amount of money that Apple has lost since Epic <laughs> left uh, Apple, uh, I'm sure they don't want to release that because there is so much money, I'm sure, spent on the daily on V-Bucks. That's got to be, like, you know, millions of dollars. So, um, so yeah, uh, it. You can see it from both ends, but right now it's looking like Epic better lose this case because, yeah. you know, these other markets really need this type of fee, you know, to be sustainable. So um, I don't think they're going to win it anymore because Epic ignoring laptops and the Switch is pretty, it's pretty like damning. Um, if anyone brought that up, they'd be like, is Epic completely unaware of like the leading console seller in the last, 
you know, <laughs> generation, the fact that the Switch is the highest selling console, yeah. you know, it's are they completely unaware of its existence and the fact that it has a screen built? <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't think that Epic can win this anymore. I really hope they don't. Um, but yeah, so yeah that's I. just the current update from that. So craziness, man. It is, it is crazy. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for this show. Uh, another show spanked out and uh yeah <laughs> i hope you are still doing great and um we will be uh still rolling out new features soon i know i keep saying that but i'm really trying to double down on it and um i hope to see y'all be a part of all that because it's gonna be really exciting yeah it is so um yeah and just uh, as a closer just remember it's not the newest news in gaming Unless it's new to us. Heck yeah.